Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared Jayhawk Hawkins. I am joined as always by Jay Gold. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Rangers in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Happy Mets are in first place. Happy everything to everyone. Good to talk to you again this week. And, uh, and joined even more often by Marky. Happy Pride, everyone. I don't have as many as Jay Gold. Um. <laughs> well, more than one this month, though. So. Also, happy birthday to one Joe Sposto. Yes. That's right. He is a Gemini like myself and, uh, and the two of us. My birthday happens to be on Friday. Cheap pop for everybody who wants to say happy birthday to me. Um, but uh, Joe's got twins, a twin brother. I have a twin brother. Mine is a giant idiot, but his might be a little bit cooler, but it's all good. You know, we're all the same in the eyes of Gemini, so to speak. And we'll be talking about Joe Fosto when we get to our review, but he called over that show. Joe's like, oh, God, what are they going to say? No, we love, we, we love Joe. We've had Joe on the show a few times. I, I am actually going to try to get him on for this show, but we got so, many tr- so much trouble trying to coordinate when we were going to do that. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to even act with I have no idea at the point. How can everybody speak weekend in your case? Very good. In your case, Jay Gold, month of May. They don't think we've seen you in a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a few weeks. Yeah, very, very. It's been very interesting. It's been very uh, uh, busy and watching a lot of uh, Rangers hockey, watching a lot of Mets games and going to the beach. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting few weeks, uh, to say the least. And I'm glad I'm back here on with you guys doing our thing again. So looking forward to this one. I have been dealing with this heat and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It's been too hot, too hot. Oh, it's wonderful, Marcy. I never, I, I stopped putting pants on once the weather gets this hot. That's it. Flip-flops, shorts, you know. I got the, the, the AC is blaring on the high. It's, there's a much more pleasant time now that's going on. Nothing beats a good AC sitting outside in the 90 degree weather and then jumping back inside with the, uh, the AC cranked to like 62. It's perfect. There was a girl that I was interested in in college when she and I first started talking. She's like, I prefer cold weather. But you know, I put more clothes on, but you can only get so naked. And being a smart ass, being a smart ass 20 year old kid, then anybody was like, oh, can you put that to the th- tough for me? Like, how naked can you get? That line did not work. I do not recommend you can get. <laughs> I was, I was just going to say, how'd that end for you? <laughs> not well, not well at all. All right. We got a, we got a big, sh- a big review to get into. Not much on the schedule this week. What's on IWTV? So Thursday, June 2nd, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Live wrestling open episode 22. Nothing announced for that show after this recording. On Saturday, June 4th, we have a Black Label Pro doubleheader. First off at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4, 4 o'clock Eastern. Black Label Pro presents Tyler's Day Off. Trisha Dore against Kylie Ray. Warhawk against Christopher Daniels. The Rackle, Myron Reed, and Trey Miguel taking on the Bang Bros. And a lot more. They're having eight, nine, like 10 matches on that card. And also... On Saturday, June the 4th, it will be at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 o'clock Eastern. Black Label Pro against Tyler's Day Off Part 2. PKO defending the Black Label Pro Championship against the former champion Jake Something. Violent Kid Forever defending the Black Label Pro Tag Team Championship against Kevin Blackwood and Tom Lawler. Billy Stark against Willow Nightingale. 
Alec Frank against the newlywed Speedball Mike Bailey. Congratulations to Speedball Mike Bailey and Veda Cott on their wedding last week. Joshua Bishop against Crash Jackson. Ike Brown against Levi Everett. That card is stacked. I still left a few matches off. Check that. Check both those show counts. Those should be fantastic. And that weekend, if I can interrupt you, this third, Friday and Saturday are those uh, uh, Royal Rumble, uh, real Rumbles of LVAC, and that those will probably eventually be on IWTV as they as the last few as we're doing Bash the Brewery. Um, so I would assume that those will be up, you know, within the next few months as well. But that's a good time. And uh, that Mahoning drive-in really is a, a, a fun experience if anybody can get out there to that as well. Sunday, June 5th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, the premiere of H2O Underrated Epico 27. Monday, June 5th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, counts a first against Uncharted Territory, Geekin 4, Epico 5. The Independent Wrestling World Championship will be on the line. AP Mac defending against, no, not the robot, Speedball Mike Bailey. At a tee, he's just a second there, Jay Gold, I'm sorry. We'll get to it. <laughs> Jaden Newman against Colby Carino, Veda Gotti and Kenzie Page, Kevin Koo against Kyle Matthew. A lot more on that card as well. And then on Tuesday, June 7th, the world premiere of Paradigm Pro Wrestling, so far to go. That look on IWTV in the next seven days from the recording. And if I could, if I could, available now on IWTV is the IWTV Guide and Mysterious Benefactor sponsored Big Stark Brands Tournament. Um, that is on uh, IWTV as of today, as of this evening. So everybody, please check that out. Uh, we do have a presence on there. And if I could, none of the matches or shows that you mentioned that are going to air from this week to next week have the robot getting a title shot. So if Jerry's listening again, why does the robot not have a title shot? I'm waiting for the title shot to be announced. I don't know what show it's going to be on, but there's an awful lot on this app, and I don't hear anybody telling me when the robot's going to have a title shot. So we'll just put that into the atmosphere. Will it again? We'll will it like violence is forever versus FTR and Ralph the robot's title match. I need resolution. Let's see it happen. Yeah, we're looking forward to that to that show. Of course, we have no idea at the stand right now if. Aki Mac will still be the champion when the robot finally gets the title shot. No. Doesn't matter who's the champ. Just give him the shot. I'm waiting. Let's go. Give him the title shot. Yeah, but you did mention the Big Start Brand Invitational being available now. Uh, as we're recording this, we're at the live streaming actually on. I've got it running in the background here on mute. It's an excellent tournament. It, it was done very well. Um, home office and I decided to, you know, give him a little help and, and, and sponsor that tournament uh, because uh, Mouse is a great dude. And, you know, we really want to see them succeed. So I hope everybody watches that. Let's get those streams up for them as well. Okay. And I think normally where we would pitch it to the uh, record spotlight segment, uh, Marky was going to be handling that this month for Pride Month. But stuff going down here in the last 24 hours or so kind of uh, changed our format around a little bit. Rather than going straight into a spotlight segment per se, uh, Marky, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you. I know you have something you want to say. So, yes, as of this recording, we are on the the day before Pride begins. Um, originally, the plan was to do a spotlight on Kid Bandit. I had all my research done, and as I was in the middle of compiling every, <clears throat> everything today, uh, <clears throat> they let out a few tweets, basically saying they're kind of just, after their bookings are done, they are retiring because of all the stress caused by social media and people just being awful harassers. And this, I think this is a problem for any any queer person wrestling, not just as a wrestler, as a fan, there's 
Well, I think in general, there's a lot more acceptance. There is still way too much unacceptable shit going on. And I think it needs to stop. I am not okay with people using homophobic or transphobic, excuse me, arguments to try to bring down people who are just trying to live their lives. It is really important. Like we can't just say we're against it. I, I, I'm asking any ally, Hey, strike this down. Don't like, if you see anything going on, don't, don't let it happen. Like, like we we need more support now than ever it's been a hard time not even in wrestling just for queer people in general with everything going on and just reading reading their tweets it was absolutely heartbreaking especially one specific one where they said they didn't want to become a statistic and that's that hits so fucking close to home like please everyone just just be better i just i hate it it sucks so much that we have to deal with this and i don't want i don't want that to happen anymore for anyone in my community and wrestling's for everyone let's we all as queer people belong and once again just as allies please 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 do better to support and just yeah yeah absolutely i i, I really can't add anything to that uh, i'm a i'm a fan of kid bandit's work uh they're supposed to be on a show with me on saturday as a matter of fact i've been looking really forward to that uh and hopefully anybody saying really dumb shit online just, just fucking stop. You're not cool. You know, if, you know, if we're not mentioning any Twitter handle or name, we don't fucking care. You're a piece of shit and we don't like you. Honestly, Marcy, I appreciate your, your rawness and your honesty there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, just people don't know how to let other people live their lives. And uh, I, I truly appreciate hearing it from you and, you know, just people mind your own fucking business, leave people alone, let them be happy people can be just do what you're going to do and be happy. And I hate that other people need to find to tear others down and make themselves feel better. So fuck those dudes and fuck people on Twitter who act like that. And, you know, we're just going to, we're going to move forward. I know it's a, you know, it's an important month coming up. So let's, let's move forward and celebrate as opposed to focusing all these pieces of dog shit that are online. So Marcy, thank you. Uh, One name I will call out. I'm going to read the tweet first and then, See if you can get who made the tweet. Mark, you might already know. You've been following this. and get started. The tweet just says, Bandit, F them. Go and get your, your loved and supported. Jay Gold, any guessing who, who, made that, who made that tweet? I, I would have said uh, Ed, Pod Van Ed, who's his, uh, it's his one, it, they are his favorite wrestler, but I don't know. Not, qu- not quite as famous. Mark, do you know? <laughs> I just have this song playing in my head over and over again now. Something, something, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Not Cody Rhodes, exactly. Not as famous as Ed, you're right. Not as famous as Ed. There's a really cool shit right now, but not as famous as Ed. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to send, also just send out all the love and support to Kid Bandits. Like I said, just not even being in wrestling, just being queer. I know what it's like to go through this and just having the added pressure of being in wrestling and you're like, you're being out there way more. Like I said, I just want to send them all the love and support. Couldn't get any better myself. All right, so let's release some of the anger. I know we're all feeling it right now. Let's go ahead and get into our review for the week. The weekly review. All right, this week we are reviewing Lehigh Valley Athletic Council Bash at the Brewery, the Wirebacher Brewery and Company in Eastern Pennsylvania. This show took place May 6th, 2022. And aired live on independentwrestling.tv. And this was hyped 
or a long time in advance because it's going to be the Elite Deck that stands now, the final professional wrestling match of every good professional wrestler. And and I don't know if you guys feel it, but LVAC shows it's it's a there's not one negative vibe that comes off of an LVAC show. They're super positive, super happy. Everybody in the crowd is amped up to like a thousand. They have plenty of beers going. You can you can see people you know in the crowd. You know all the wrestlers. Um, you know we'll we'll get into it. But our pal Joe Sposto doing uh, commentary. It's just a fun. All their shows are fun, entertaining, and and you get your money's worth. Um, so I was super excited when we decided on this one, and uh, it, it definitely lived up to what I, I expected it to be for a you know a nice Friday night, so to speak. This this feels like the LVAC shows feel like the perfect blend of like wrestling and party. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm honestly I'm honestly kind of upset. I got myself booked this weekend, and I can't make the real Rumble, but that. That, that looks like a lot of fun. I've heard great things. I really wish I could do it. We did it last year, a crew of us. Uh, it did take me four and a half hours to get there because I sat in traffic. But once I got there, I got my, you know, my Mark pick with uh, Adam Van and Sposto. And the whole crew was there from Cleveland, uh, uh, the Pod Van Dam crew, Stacy and Pam and, and uh, um, Liam from the Discord and a bunch of guys. Uh, and gals. So it was a, it was a lot of fun. It is exactly what you think it should be. Um, it's all smiles, all, you know, some beer, some hanging out, some, you know, t-shirts and merch and, and photos. It is a, it's like a family reunion that you can feel coming from them. If you're not a part of it, it's a really nice, nice time. And, and I, I highly recommend getting out there if you can. Yeah. This, the aesthetic for this particular show is really unique. It's a show taking place in a brewery. Like you can see all the stuff to make the beer in the background. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of kids at this show that taking place in the brewery. There's just a whole wall of barrels. I assume have, have various alcohols and mostly probably just beers, but and it I, is a, it is a brewery Marcy. So we're brewing beer. <laughs> and I will say having done some show at brewery, the show are a lot of fun. You'll get your people that are there because they're wrestling fans and they want to see wrestling. Then you get your people that are there because they want to drink beer and there's just something going on. Yeah, so you got a fun little mix of people as well. Like the people that are just there because they want to drink, they're just having fun because they're drinking. They don't care. But it feels like everyone who's there is connected somehow to LVAC. Like it's 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 almost like the people who show up have some sort of connection either to the clothing or to the people involved or to the wrestlers involved it's a very community feeling very specific to that area type of show all the wrestlers on there all from the same general like 100 mile radius um all of the you know even even sposto doing commentary i think he was with gavin loudspeaker wasn't he or or so you know all those folks very chikara very um very happy-go-lucky you know community type of feel to it I was going to say my, my biggest takeaway is felt like a celebration of Chikara without having to acknowledge said owner of Chikara. Yeah, this felt Every like, time. This felt like Chikara one night stand in a lot of ways. It really did. Yeah. You know, the show opened with the Avery Good retirement ceremony. Everybody that's on the roster around the, around the ring, they're, get, they're talking about how, you know, how great he is. Good ends up cutting a heel promo on the fan and the retired wreckler going, where the hell was all this support the last 17 years? Fantastic. 
Reich Remberg then gets on the mic and goes, "No, wait a minute, you don't under, you don't understand. This guy has gone through every Lowey character in, in the in the world. He was creator wrestler, so he was Automo Breakfast. He was Moscow the communist bovine. Now finally, Dasher Hatfield took, so we kept that one around for a while. And then even and even with that, yeah, every good it's just like, oh no, forget it. You didn't put a word in for me to get me on TV on Wednesday night. Fuck you." And then he, then he just goes around to the roster. Screw you, screw you, screw you. You're <laughs> cool, screw you. I'm out. This one's fucking great. And I have to say, Dasher Hatfield could be one of my top three favorite wrestling characters of all time. I love, I love Dasher. I, I love that character in Chikar. I thought it was great. Oh, so great. It was. It was ridiculous, and I loved it. And I loved the the uh, uh, throwbacks. And and I just I thought. Dash, and when I met him as Dasher at Chikar, he was always so nice to me. And I. I it just kind of took me like just all oh, I love. I love that character. And I just have these memories of him and Ashley Remington and, you know, all the 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 boar and all the other characters that were in Chikara that gave you good memories as opposed to the crummy shit that came out. But, yeah, that the, all those characters were in my book were tops. I have no problem with any of them. My other takeaway was before they actually mentioned that Mr. Zero was just wearing an Ultramantis mask. I thought, what the fuck? How did Ultramantis like shrink? Almost like a fuck. <laughs> he looks significantly smaller. They're like, oh, it's Mr. Zero. I'm like, okay, that makes way more sense now. I might be using a little hyperbole when I say a fuck, but he looked noticeably shorter than Ultramantis. Oh, I always thought Mr. Zero was huge. No? He was standing there. He did not look like, I feel like maybe this is just my head playing tricks on me, but I feel like he was significantly shorter than, especially when Ultramantis came out and I, they weren't standing side by side. So I can't make a fair comparison. <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't think Mrs. Zero is particularly tall. Oh, okay. Now you got me, now you got me seeing if I can actually find that. Well, that's what we're supposed to do here. We're supposed to do our research. <laughs> Nobody does it better than we do. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's nobody's more prepared for a show than we are. Uh, That's what the the people listen for. Yeah, that's right. We give them what they want. According to the Pro Wrestling Wiki, he is 5'10", 230. Okay. So he's not huge. All right. And I don't don't know if that's 5'10", a legit height, or if it's wrestling height. The wrestling height, he's probably like 5'7", 5'8". That is correct. Especially around the Chikara guys, he could be a giant. Yeah, Ultramantis, Ultramantis is built high as 6-1. So there is a height. It's not a foot, but... Marcy, it, I, I apologize because you're all you're on top of this. I completely apologize for doubting you. Okay, well, there was a wrestling show surrounding the retirement ceremony here. And we open up with Myung... I'm, I'm going to push his name. Myung J. Lee mm-hmm. against the world-famous TB, a.k.a. Cheeseburger. Uh, this was my first chance to see Lee. And I'm... Same. And I was really impressed. I want to see a lot more of uh, of Lee. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of cheeseburger, and this is probably the best cheeseburger match I've ever seen. Like this is actually a really good opener. Yeah, he's reinvented himself um, a few times in the last few years. So this this version of him is good. Um, I I you know I wasn't that impressed with Lee, but you know the the match was there to have fun, and they they delivered. I mean, it was a very crisp and clean match, and there wasn't anything wrong with it. So. I, I enjoyed it. I like CB a lot. Uh, yes, this is also, I second mention, this is the first I've seen of Jay Lee. And I, I don't know how long they've been, he's been wrestling for. Um, Did they say he was a, a student of LVAC? I, I could swear that I thought they mentioned that during the, like, or a student at Cheeseburgers, because I know he runs, he runs a school over there. And I just, I, something came up where they mentioned nah, him. So 
he's trying. I think they say he was from Buffalo. Oh, okay. So he was from. He's a student from up there. Okay, so that's okay. So like I, Puff's crew. I, that's what I was, I'm trying to figure. I'm not sure if he was exactly part of that crew or he just where. Because I don't think I'm trying to remember if they mentioned where he was trained. Uh, we can uh, we can ask we can DM Joe Sposto later on in the <laughs> evening and gather that info. We'll let you know next week. <laughs> no, but yeah, this is a really fun match. Like I got this is how this is what you want out of an over. It's the it's nice. There's some good action. It keeps you on your toes. It didn't overstay its welcome at all. Right. It set the it set the perfect pace for uh, the night. Yeah. Well, and what I like about the world famous CB character or gimmick, I quote the cheeseburger gimmick. Uh, you you do get a more aggressive side out of world famous CB. Like I don't want to say he can fall on heel. He's really not. But he's definitely a lot more aggressive. And it was kind of a refreshing change of pace game, having a somewhat serious match where he'd be really aggressive, as opposed to basically the comedy figure that he that he in Ring of Honor and even to an extent in, in New Japan. So, any Justin Sunderland, your favorite wrestler for some reason? Still throws one hell of a show today. That Lee kicked out of. It only worked for two. Kimi Dunk get the commission win with a crock arm breaker, 10 minutes and 52 seconds. Like it got really good opener. I enjoyed this quite a bit. Same. From there, it's time for the lady in the three-way. We've got Veda Scott, Vita Von Star, and Eva Kareel. The first few minutes of the kick, your typical three-way where somebody gets out to the floor and a bunch of glorify one-on-one for a while. Then did they you know, go to Macari. I was gonna say, did you know did you know Vita means life? That's my that's my fun facts. I know that because of the PlayStation Vita. Um, <laughs> so it's really it's life von star, not Vita Von Star. I'm just saying. Well, either way, I like I do like Vita Von Star. Um, I find her uh, to be quite delightful. And uh, uh, Edith is always, you know, there's just something so crisp about Edith in the ring. And Veda's, you know, Veda's a veteran. So I, the match really did, you know, it, uh, there were some really good spots uh, for them. And it, it flowed. It didn't drag. And I, I really did. I, as again, it was great. I mean, the, everyone in the crowd is so amped up. There wasn't like... You don't. I, I don't think you lose crowds in the LVAC shows. The crowds just stay. They're either completely hammered since they're all at the bar at the be, at the brewery, or they're just super excited. But they are always happy, and I you can't have a bad match in front of them. I'm I'm almost convinced. I appreciate Maya Scott showing she's multi talented by doing commentary and wrestling, and I also appreciate Edith Surreal doing the most creative way to check a mic by chopping Veda Scott right in the chest <laughs> with the mic pointing in that direction. Yeah, I, I do love the fact that when they brought the announce table, the announce table literally like a door or a wooden plank on top of barrel kaboo. Like that's freaking great. Make the most of your surroundings. Uh, Joe, uh, I'm sorry, Diamond Joe Leonard to be actually cor- yeah, correct for the show. Got some shotgun on Go Fight Live. Good. Fuck Go Fight Live. They sucked. Oh, boy. <laughs> What was the other one? What was the other one called? Um, uh, Are you talking about Flow Slam? Slam. Flow Slam. Yep. Flow Slam I never dealt with. Go Fight Live I dealt with quite a bit. Fuck them. They fucked. How many How many internet pay-per-views did Ring of Honor have? I think like one of them won out uninterrupted like the entire run. Fuck them. <laughs> Deep cut too. Like you really have to know your shit to like get those references. I don't think I ever saw anything on Go Fight Live ever. Yeah, the best the best part is like the one thing I call on Go Fight Live that, that didn't have any issue like a pro wrestling Ohio show back in the day, like one of the one of the Revolution show. I mean, it's a great idea when you think about it. Like what what they wanted to do with those with those ridiculous uh, streaming services that were not as 
buttoned up and amazing as IWTV is, um, it, it was a decent idea that was poorly executed in those days. Anyway, another rant over. Uh, that turned into a fun little match. I'm not a fan of three-way. Vic was fine for what I was. It is Vita Von Starr pinning Veda Scott with the with Helder Scouter in 10.58. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to make a joke again this time. Vita yeah. means life? No, 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 no. Oh, not that oh. one. <laughs> and go from there. We've got a Perkin tag team match. Big Dan Champion, Lucky 13, and Devante taking on Bobby Orlando, Huff, and Erica Lee. With Bobby Jr., Simon Coverman, and the Boar all at ringside. And I won't get, we've talked about how you know, the crowd doesn't really come down. They were really hot for the, for the entire match. Like, and, and can I just tell you the three of the guys in this match are my favorite, are, are top 10 of my favorite indie wrestlers Lucky 13, Dan Champion, and Bobby Orlando. They are three of my absolute favorite indie guys. And guys who are, are who and now all are more mainstream. Everybody knows them, but I absolutely. First of all, Dan Champion for to me is he's. There's almost like a um, you you get drawn in into his personality. There's like a attraction there where he starts talking or his goofiness, and you're like, this dude fucking rules. And Lucky Thirteen, besides being deathmatch and everything else, the man can do all sorts of crazy shit in the ring. And he's been around forever. He knows everything about it. He was Chikara. He was everything. And Bobby Orlando is just one of the dumbest, like, goofiest characters. But he is so endearing, and everybody loves him. And he, his wrestling has gotten 9 billion times better since the first time I ever saw him back in Hoboken in, like, 2017. And he is – there are three of my favorite – I will go to any show that those three dudes are on. I just, that's how much I love watching them do their thing. I have never been a Puff fan. I like him. He's fine. The, the, I don't know that much about Devontae's and Eric Lee. Uh, I just love those three guys. So the match was just put a smile on my face. And I was like, let's fucking go. Let's see what everybody's going to do. And Dan Champion never disappoints. He is the ultimate bad guy from like an 80s, you know, teen movie. I was going to say, he fits like he has that vibe of like the your 80s bully and he just has that energy to him and he always gets everybody gets their comeuppance on him and he doesn't seem to mind it's fantastic yeah well my my son has like four wrestlers that he really likes right now and two of them make appearance in this match one of them is bobby orlando and honestly i think he's more of a bobby jr fan than a bobby orlando fan if i'm being honest about it but and you can get a bobby jr i have one of those in my house it's great yeah bobby jr by the way Incredible dive. Incredible dive. <laughs> Incredible dive that unfortunately was caught. Devante d- did catch him. Oh. Bobby Jr. has been through a lot in a lifetime. That goat has been through a lot. And he keeps popping back. And I love it. There is a neat little spot at the beginning here where Orlando and Lee are trying to slam Dan Champion and they can't do it. A puff comes in and slams them. And once Puff does that, now Champion is weak enough for the other to slam him. Cute little spot. I like that. He slammed off some of the weight so they could you know, have an easier time picking him up. Softened him up, as they used to say, as uh, Gorilla Monsoon used to say. It's like when he, he did, like, he basically started opening the jar for him. which said, like, that three-quarter <laughs> twist, so the rest was is easy. Somebody tap on this jar so I can open it. <laughs> okay, go. One, eventually, Puff is caught three-on-one. That brings Kevin Cullinan into the ring with some balloons that he offers to the opponent. And the balloons get popped. 
And they're about to lay Sutherland out when Kamuka hits and my son's favorite wrestler, Orange Cackety, comes out unannounced. Very casually, as he does. Hacky does. He always ruins Dan Champion's day. I love that. That's like his goal in life when they're at LVAC is to come out and ruin Dan Champion's day. Last year, it was Dan Day at, at Real Rumble, and he, he came out and Big Dan in the ring, and, I, and my daughter loves this. He's sitting there shouting at Orange Cassidy going, you're ruining Dan Day. This is Dan Day. And it was just amazing. It felt <laughs> so 80s villain. It was so good. And that's what I just, I just love that dude. And I love how this match kind of just played its up and downs and the fans were hammered and everybody was enjoying themselves. It was terrific. And the or can't be coming out uh, enough of a distraction for a three-way roll up for the pit, for the win. Bobby Orlando, Puff and Eric Lee are your winners in 1327. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not going to say this was the best match of the show, but I think this was my favorite match of the show. And I, and I am going to make a dip. Uh, I am going to say there's a difference in this particular case. Yeah, sure. This was the most fun match of the entire card. I guess I would say that. Okay. Go from there. We've got a first time ever match. Hot sauce, Tracy Williams taking on Willow Nightingale. Uh, I'm going to say it. Uh, Diamond Joe Leonard popped me right at the beginning, but he talking about Tracy Williams allocate. And there's no way he didn't say allocate on purpose. And I love it because that's uh, for those who don't get the reference, Lex Luger, for whatever reason, could not say accolade for the life of him. He always got allocate. You know, allocate is not a word. But there's no way Joe didn't say it on purpose. So I freaking love it. I think Hot Sauce is very serious. For this type of show, this match kind of turned serious. And uh, you had Willow, who everybody loves. And that kid section was all about Willow. Like, they were... I, I love to see that. Those kids were just so excited to see her and her smile is infectious. And she, she really was, she's, she's a terrific talent. And I, and I know AEW like highlights her a lot on dark and such, but um, you know, her versus Tracy Williams, uh, a, a clash in styles and they, they delivered too. But I think cause Tracy is also such a, such a professional. I think you can put him in the ring with anybody. So this is this is also the match where I had not one but two crushes for very very different reasons. Like uh, Willow, I just I would just like to go. We can go on cute dates. We can do each other's makeup. It'd be a really fun time. Uh, Tracy, very different. I'm not going to go into detail with that because it's not it's not <laughs> it's not going to include any makeup. <laughs> I can tell you that. I'm well, well, wait, 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 wait. Uh, hey, 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 what they do in the private key behind closed door can they're business entirely. I'm just, uh, Marcy, I'm just trying to fill in some of the gaps here. If you maybe off the air, you'll tell me what you were thinking. <laughs> I think we all know what she was thinking. I was throwing that out there. Uh, anyway, uh, you, you did mention that you guys have kind of contracting style here, but while I'm holding her own with the technical wrestling here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, William's so good, by the way. Like yeah, William's got an FTF on. Joe uh, name dropped Makahiro Shono and Eric Watt, uh, practitioner of the FTF. That's not mentioned Luthen, which kind of disappointed me, but Eric Watt reference I'm okay with. He was a little begrudging about the Watts reference. <laughs> that was literally like I mentioned this on the A on the A show. Like Eric Watt was someone who came out the rookie year, and even though he got pushed because he was it, it, his father was running the company, like he was okay, he was pretty good for a rookie, and he just never got any better. He was like he's like a more famous Tom McGee. Tom McGee was never good. <laughs> we finally got to see that Bret Hart match. That was that was good. Corky correcting Bret Hart. Anyway, we got some good stuff here. Willow gets a cannonball for uh, as close to a three you can get without getting three. Great near fall. 
Uh, William Kipka DDT onto the top turnbuckle, and that's not the finish. Yeah, there's no top. Yeah, that, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's my that's that's uh, that'll always be my problem. Finishers don't always mean anything. That move looked like it should have ended things. I mean, he does. He's used that a lot. That's usually a two count. It's a two count. And, 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 these are the, these are the type of shows that I feel like moves like that because this is not the LVAC is so rare. Like they do so they do so few shows, things like that. There's your chance to like use a different move to finish it off and something you know that you normally use as a middle. You could you could do a finish and people would would cheer for that. I think you know somebody could actually not kick out of the blue thunder bomb at one of these shows. We do get uh, Willow hitting the gut wrench power bomb for the pin eleven thirty two. Uh, of course, Trick Williams can use the gut wrench power bomb like a finisher before. Uh, to me, yuking, uh, yuking the your opponent finisher that should be a finish for like a rubber match for the for a blow off, not for a first time meeting. That's a minor nitpick though. I mean, I like the match. And then after Willow showed that she's for the children. That's yeah. right. The probably the most you'll ever see the most children you'll ever see at a brewery, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I just I was yeah not they not were they were really back. excited. Those kids were so excited. Like, she made their day. That's the best. Yeah, not that OVAC, not a family-friendly show. Not that it's not supposed to be a family-friendly show, but the number of kids in a brewery is still kind of just mind-boggling to me. Well, you got to take them to an indie show. you got to take them wherever it is. You know, it doesn't matter if it's in a brewery. I mean, most, well take them. most a lot of breweries double as restaurants, so, you know, it's, uh, they, can get right. some, they can get some food. Grab some cheese sticks and go about your business. Can't or- go wrong with a good cheese stick. <laughs> Or, or sometimes, like, all they've got are, like, the little snack bag of chips and pork rinds and stuff. You take what you get there, too. But That's right. You pay a dollar for a bag of pork rinds, give it to them, get some beer, you know, put a little on a Q-tip or something. Here, take some of this. Everyone goes to sleep happy that night. Not that I've ever done that. <laughs> no, not at all. Nope. I think we're learning way too much about everybody on this particular show. Mm. I don't think we record late at night. All right. Can we come back from intermission and the LVAC commissioner in the ring? He introduced his new junior executive intern, Billy Avery, who cut a long promo about how ha- happy he was to ruffle previously. And he just wants to ruffle and he'll do whatever he needs to do to ruffle, even come in as an intern. And the commission gives him a broom and a ring crew shirt and tell him he'll be, he can work the rest of the show for tip. This was like 10 minutes long. And I, yeah, when it went a while. I got the entire gist of the segment in 30 seconds. It did not need to go this long. That said, well, well, the promo was pretty good. It's just, it was way too long. Yeah. But we go from there to our 10 Perkin tag team match. Great Mayor, Hydra, Ultramantis Black, and the Materi of Kadama and Obarion taking on Jakob Hammermeyer, Murlock, Ryan Mooney, and the outfielder of Shea McCoy and Weber Hatfield. As someone that hasn't seen Jakob since like his the early Chikara run, who that boy is looking jacked. Yeah, he, he I don't even think he looked that jacked when he was gonna prime if we can, if we can be perfectly honest about it. No, especially like he's so he's like his thing is he's like this scrawny dude. And now he's this uh, big, strong dude. Speaking of big, strong dudes, Hydra just just looking as jacked as ever. This one, this one really was just complete Lehigh Valley, uh, Philadelphia nostalgia just wrapped into one giant 10 man tag. It's terrific. I mean, once the bell rings, you get your like fucking hardcore song. Everyone's right. sprawling on the outside, including Shay McCoy just windmilling on the outside. Right, right. <laughs> she was like uh, Scarface and Hip Baked, just throwing those windmill punches, trying to stop <laughs> Samson's girls from coming after him. My, I think my first note on this was let's open up this pit. And they opened it up, they did. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was a complete nostalgia trip. Just fun. Just everybody looked like they were having a good time, and you know, no one seemed to be. You, there was zero tension and animosity. It was just a good good battle from everybody. Yeah, we we had somebody uh, yelling for Jakob to to choke him with your tie, which uh, they said he had he had in honor of his trainer Claudio Castagnoli. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Again, minor nitpick. I mean, again, Pokemon a fun show, but not only really should nitpick on. We get a beer keg, you can go weapon, and the match continues like it's not an automatic DQ. But like 30 seconds later, not even. We got, we got, we got biting, we've got choking, and Dr. Dan Yoke, a referee, is giving a five count. Because we've established that hitting somebody with a beer keg, okay, biting and choking, bad. It's, hey, it's, El- it's Elvac. You let it, anything goes. The beer keg is part of the. Um, the, the, the structure, it's not, but in this case, it was. So it's okay because they're in the brewery. So all beer is legal. And <laughs> I don't know, cho- choking and biting, they, they didn't consent to it. So that's why I had to do the five count stop. If we're in beer king. Uh, anyway. Okay. Good finish come. Kydra Hawk up. Double choke me. Murlock and Hammermeyer for the pin. 1520 pick. Again, a lot of fun. Maybe a little on the long, kind of couple couple minutes shaved off it. Probably wouldn't have hurt it, but sure, just a little bit, yeah. And then we go into our advertised main event: Avery Good, professional wrestler, in his final advertised match, taking on Abby Jane. And for some reason, Dan Shavian attacked Abby Jane during her entrance. What a jerk! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If there was a reason explained, I missed it. Well, yeah, he's just a see. jerk. He's a yeah. bully. He's a Sydney Bacabella guy. He came out to help out his, his pal Avery. That's that all the explanation I needed. Now it makes sense. There you go. Diamond Joe Leonard does note on commentary that everything can every good good. I've got 10 matches left in that bit. He had nine of those matches. Can he go for nine? He is not even on a nine match losing streak coming into his final match. Looking at a very big story. Good got the guy can strength advantage and abusing it. Abby got the fighting spirit will not stay down. Very simple, very basic, uh, and get the point across. I love it. Yeah, I haven't seen much of Abby. Um, I think they mentioned she's only about what two years in, but yeah, she's really good for for how little she's been at it. Really, really crisp, really good. An interesting choice for him to to have her in there with him too. I think they mentioned that he's the one that's responsible for getting her into wrestling, so it kind of does have this like full circle type of moment to it. Sure. So looks like she about got she about to win the match. And Kenny Bacabella interfered, so one of the worst punching I've ever seen. And that gives you know, every good a chance to recover a little bit. Hit the reverse going special into the corner. Hit the roll up and the feet on the rope for the pin in 1051. Uh, before we go on here, I actually just went to double check Abby Stane's uh, cage match exactly when she got started. Uh, December 24th, 2020, so Christmas Eve of 2020. And you actually have seen Abby Jane before, Orky. I know, I actually haven't seen much of her. Yeah, but you you would have seen her at the old wrestling extravaganza last year at Dawn Delivery. That is true. That is very true. Yeah. So Avery Good wins the last match cheaply, dark and leaking at boot, and then we hear a voice tell him, "No, you're not going to go out like that." And Mister Touchdown appears, a old throwback tag team partner. So I have a problem, not with this at all, but with actual IWTV. I wish they didn't list that this was a match because it yeah. kind of almost ruins it. Yeah, if you're watching on demand and not live, they yeah, it's right, right. lifted right on the it's lifted right on the lineup there. Oh yeah, every good against Mr. Touchdown, your main event. Uh, well, it wasn't supposed to be. 
Uh, Avery Good, after, like, okay, you want me? Uh, you want to fight? We'll have a fight. He really can boot. Get the magic on. After so long, it was good to finally get to see Mister Touchdown again. He's but terrific. It, I always liked him. Always. That that feud with um, with, oh fuck, with mixed march the mixed martial Archie stuff and like <laughs> Veronica was it was so good. They they did some really really good things. As much as we hate you know, what Chikara became and, and, you know, they still had some terrific, there was some ridiculousness that went through and the feuds were good. And there was some decent, you know, writing and it just, you know, it got away, but it was, it, it was, it was something that, that was very, that, there was some really bright spots in it. Oh, there there's, really were. there's a lot of great stuff. It's just the, you know, the dude in charge is being a piece of shit. Do I have to say allegedly? We'll say allegedly. Nah, I think it was all pretty, uh, pretty established. Sorry, he's dumping all his money to NFTs. He'll be broke by the end of the month. I was just going to say, how can you go wrong with NFTs? Very eagerly. <laughs> Enough about that. We don't. This is about Mr. Touchdown and Avery. Good. I was going to say, when did this become? If you catch my grips, I'm just. I just want to make sure we're not doing that. <laughs> I'm going to get. You want to hear more about NFT bad? Go to the. If you catch my grift archive, one of the more recent episodes, you'd be able to find it. Right. Full on. There you go. Okay. But we get a really long, really good match out of, out of these two here. Uh, Avery Good is focusing the attack on Mr. Touchdown's rib for a large portion of the matchup. And we're getting we're getting all the all the key spot here. Good going for the old Dasher Hatfield home run walk, and he gets caught. The greatest hits. It's great. How can you not love that? He tried to win the match the same way he won the Abby Jane match, but this time Brink Rimper catches the feet on the rope with only a two count. They start argue, they start arguing. We get the old Tommy Young spot where Brick Remberg shoves Avery Good right into a roll up for a two count touchdown. Kick out of the DDT. Good kick out of the flea flicker. I mean, both guys just bringing out all the great hits, and they know each other so well not, that it's not working. Touchdown trying to go for a Cooperplex. Avery Good shoves him off and touchdown tweaks the knee. That that gives Good an open to get kind of a modified Indian Deathlock on. They, and they yeah, and they do the reverse the pressure, reverse the pressure again with it. Fantastic stuff. Good going for the DDT again. Touchdown counter get into a cross fake. Uh, arm actually dropped three times, but Kenny Machiavelli appeared to put the foot on the rope. Camera didn't quite catch it, but that was pretty clear what what happened. Starting that pay there, you know. Sydney Machiavelli is a terrific character, also, if I might add. Another great, like just a little hidden gem within the indie world for, for a very long time, the guy's been just, that character is just hilarious. It really is. If, if um, Dan champions, like the stereotypical boy in every eighties uh, movie, I feel like Steve Machiavelli is like the stereotypical, like evil person in like the sports movie on like the person in charge of the, like the rival team. This is this is how I know Sidney Bacabella does what he does well. My daughter never saw him before. We went to that real rumble last year. She tried to beat him up with an umbrella. She was swinging it at him. And like she I was like, she knows he's a heel. Like she just knew it. You could just feel it. He was that good. And he kept character and went after her. And like they were shouting at each other. That's some good shit. We I love that stuff. So, you know, it, it, it's just it, it's just another that character is just going to. It will stick forever. There's just a place for that. There really is. How old is your daughter again? She's uh she's gonna be seven. So last year she was six when she was went there five and a half, six years old. Okay, about a year younger than my about a year younger than my son. I love them at that age when they really start getting into it. Yeah, she really but the best part about that type of stuff is they understand, you know, they understand, hey, that's supposed to be a bad guy and that's supposed to be a good guy. And Bacabella just, you know, did it right. So kudos. That's good on him. 
Yeah, Mike, Mike's going to watch old wrestling with me. I'll watch like old like Mid-Atlantic stuff or Mid-South or whatever, and I'll get who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's great that they they kind of got their they got their characters down. Elvac especially, they know each guy knows what he's supposed to do. And it just that's why these these matches and the, like the end here, even with Avery Good being the bad guy, you know, it you just everybody knew exactly their roles. And that that was what was pretty cool about all that. Yep. After touchdown, going for the superplex again, Kenny Bacabella grabbed the foot to prevent it. Abby Jane comes out even the odds. Commentary missing it because they don't have monitors. So all they see is touchdown kind of struggling to get the Cooperplex. And again, I'm not gonna fall commentary for that. They've got to they got and yeah, do with what they got. We do get the we do get the Cooperplex. Neither man can enter the 10 count. It'll get draw after 24 minutes and 38 seconds. Uh my one gripe with that is if you're gonna go with a with a draw finish, do a time limit. Wow. I I, I, uh, I don't I don't hate the double count the double knockout finish necessarily. A match that long, go thirty minutes and do it and do a thirty minute Broadway at that point. But but then again, I, I you know what I'll I'll will take that back. An impromptu match, there wouldn't have been an announced time limit. You have to do the double knockout. I I will that, that back. And that's why you're a referee, Jayhawk, not a booker. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know I know I I will take it back. <laughs> so, but also, it seems like they had a gentleman's agreement and. After uh, they go to shake hands, like everyone comes out and they go to shake hands, and they mouth something I can't hear. So I'm just gonna assume they're like, maybe we should finish this or something. And and then just Avery hits the DDT, and he does. Bryce does count three. Yeah, no, it was it was clear. It was clearly them asking for more time, asking for a restart, and, and getting it granted. Uh, they didn't smart enough commentary, but they signed off. Like Joe and Joe and Gavin are like, oh, they went great, guys. Good night. See you next time we're on IWTV. And then, like, all that stuff happened. And the second match was, like, 17 seconds. It was that quick. It was literally DDT pin. And then they, hu- and then they hugged, and then the show went off the air. Well, yeah, because they, uh, they went for the handshake, and that's when Avery hit the DDT. Yeah. So, Avery Good, on his last night as an active professional wrestler, goes about 35 minutes over technically three matches. You get a win, a draw, and then another win. Uh, it was excellent. I enjoyed it very much. If you want to go out like that, that was... You know, go out like that. It was great. It's a good, it's a good way to end your career because it kind of had his like his protege, and then it he went circled around with his old partner. And now he's gonna, and now every good professional wrestler is going to be every good professional commentator. And I will say, every good is a very good merch guy because I I got his uh, his farewell shirt, and it did take a little bit of time, and he sent me some cool stuff, and I'm very happy I have it. It's very well made, and I highly suggest uh, more Elvac stuff. When people make shirts and merch because his shirt is terrific. And if you are going to Real Rumble this weekend and when they plug the commentary through your car speaker, it will be Diamond Joe Leonard and Avery Good professional commentator. No, at least for one of the night, which is very cool. Can't go wrong there. All right. I know I'm going thumbs up with everybody else thinking. Oh, thumbs yeah. Up. One, one million percent. That's it's the kind of positivity we needed. And uh, it's a great way to start off June and, and going into, you know, a, a new month and, and watching this, this type of stuff. I, I just they they just do such good stuff and you, they're good people. And it's good to see good things happen for good people. As a yeah, as someone that has a fondness for like old Chikara, this was such a joy to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really did come off like Chikara one night stand. And that's not a knock at all. Like I had a lot of fun with the show. Mm-hmm. It very much felt like a celebration, and it's nice to have those every so often. 
All right. With that, let's go ahead and get and get things wrapped up. Next week, we are going to be. I have to double check with the exact name of the show, but we are going to be covering the high tension wrestling show that took place a few weeks ago. And then probably the following week after that will be we'll cover the big dark brand tournament. So we got a lot of a lot of good stuff coming up over the next few weeks. Mark, you got anything you want to plug? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at eGirl Femboy, boy spelled B-O-I. Please be older than 18 for reasons that'll probably be explained at a later time. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash eGirlFemboy. That's all ages. Twitch, Twitch to make sure everything has to be all ages. There's some naughty language, but it's fine. You know, you can you can handle that. Uh, had a recent episode of X over that is about to drop. And speak, <clears throat> speaking of the IWTV, there might have been a pitch. What was it? I don't know. Maybe it involved cartoon raccoons and light tubes. You have to listen to find out. Marcy actually, Marcy actually knows when the robot's going to be challenging for the title. So listen to <laughs> X over to find out that as well. And that's everywhere you can find me. Yeah, car- car- cartoon, rac- cartoon raccoon and David Bickman fan. Let's do it. <laughs> living, living, living in an apartment with that with Ed. Anyway. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RefJHawk. Follow me on Instagram, Jayhawk1539. Follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash RefJHawk. Everything all Asia, because nobody wants to see me in anything that would require a an age restriction. Uh, you can also catch my uh, current guest appearance on the A Show. That show dropped a few days ago. Act of this recording, I am leading the voting for that for spot in the four way final. Yes. So listen, listen to the show, and then give me some additional vote because I'm not comfortable until the time clock hits zero, and I really want to do this final. And actually, follow at the A Show on EKTP. Uh, what they're going to do for the final is the draft board is going to be based on Twitter congestion. So you can, they've got a tweet up to, for you to comment on with three people that you can name to be on it. Ooh. And, yeah. And I give me one thing. Let me actually see if I can find the tweet here. Some of these names are fantastic. I really want to be on this show here. All right. So the roster so far, back of, back of a few days ago, Ding, Rocky King, Nick Wayne, Repo Man. Bill Belly Jim, Bill Kazmaier, Vaughn Wagner, Jerry Flynn, Beaver Cleavage, Jackie Gata, Lark Sullivan, Delightful Dan, the goddamn Candyman, <laughs> Mac Moon, New Jack, Grim Reefer, Mike Von Eric, Mr. Reckling One, Kodiak Bear, Brooklyn Brawler, Fantagio, and Hayabuka. And there have been there have been more added to that that tweet came out as well. Jingle, I think you should uh, recommend Ralph the Robot be a part of the draft. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Jayhawk, Ralph the Robot. Let's go. Put it, and put it on your tweet. I think yeah. I'll do that. Uh, somebody, somebody suggested the uh, second generation team of Eric Watt, Greg Gagne, and David Camartino. I'm kind of going kind of going through the tier. Quang, Kurokawa, Gantaclaw, Mantar. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. So vote for me so I can get part of this draft. And I want to have, I'm going to have a lot of fun with that one. Uh, also, this coming Saturday, I will be at Kentucky, Ohio, for Mega Championship Wrestling. A lot of great stuff there. Kid Bandit on the card. Ashton Day defending the Mega Championship. I can go on all the names that are on that card, but check that card out if you're in the Kentucky area. And make sure you stop at Big Tom Callahan's uh, brake pad uh, uh, factory so you can check that out too while you're in Sandusky. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jay Gold, take it home. 
Okay, so uh, you can find me tomorrow. I'll be at work uh, in the city. Um, otherwise, the rest of the week, uh, tomorrow night, I'll be watching the Rangers and drinking. Um, so the notes from the home office, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to us. Do not forget about the brand new merch store over at Brain Buster Tees. I'm, I'm can't, can't tell you how cool and how much better these products are. Um, go check those out. Um, again, just want to mention our, our sponsor tournament, Big Starks brand. We will be going over that in a few weeks, but give that a watch. Don't forget our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, If You Catch My Grip, The A Show, At Odds with Wrestling, X Over, and the card is going to change. Our other friends, the official graphic designer of IWTV Guide, JCP Designs, PWPonderings.com, Big Starks Brand, Set Tap Photos, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, the best barbecue in Ohio, and Kayfabe Collectibles. Joey is now facing the office out of Florida. Uh, that is it for me, everyone. Thank you. And as the late, great Bobby Heenan once said, I asked him what came at the end of a pension. He said parole. All right, later. All Bye. right. Bye.